Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Mama Pachamama podcast. I'm Vivian McKinnon, and today I'm going to share the story of my most recent birth. Um, Baby boy Echo was born one week ago, last Friday at 12.15 a.m., and despite it being my third free birth, it was actually a very transformative, beautiful birth that kind of broke me in all of the right ways. And I'm so excited to share how and dive into that. But first, I want to share a little bit about the wild pregnancy. Um, I've done episodes on this before and it's just such an interesting thing Um, if you're listening to this if you don't know what wild pregnancy is a term coined by miss yolanda clark um, wild pregnancy is essentially a pregnancy without any kind of medical intervention or really like nothing you're not having anyone analyze your body your baby or anything it is a woman a wild woman choosing to trust in her body trust in her intuition um, and not really go through all of the bits and pieces of what most people think a pregnancy looks like and what pregnancy looks like to most people so um, yeah I've now done two entirely 100% wild pregnancies, um, one that was mostly wild, there were a couple visits, and there was an ultrasound where we found out that Sol Ray was a boy, um, and then my first pregnancy was basically completely in the conventional system. I've actually shared those three birth stories on the Free Birth Society podcast. I'm so grateful Emily brought me on there to share Um, We talked about jaundice because that's something that was an issue with my first two babies or supposedly an issue. Anyway, check that out if you're curious about my other three birth stories. Um, But yeah, wild pregnancy has been something that I've really been enjoying um, these last two pregnancies where, you know, I... I, like many women, don't enjoy going into the cold, sterile environment of a doctor's office, um, being poked and prodded and asked personal questions. And, you know, we're kind of just told that's what you do. That's what you have to do. And the reality is, is not what you have to do. And actually, it feels so much better to say no to that. Um, I am in great health. I trust my body. I trust my intuition. I'm not interested in participating in all of this testing. And, um, yeah, that's just a personal choice that I, I really love making that choice. So it's been a wild pregnancy, nothing to like literally no one, but like friends and family have touched me, um, or my belly or, you know, this baby, and I like it that way. Um, One thing that I'm very fascinated by that is a huge part of this um, healing story for me is that during this pregnancy, this is the first pregnancy that I've truly enjoyed up until like the very end where it's just so uncomfortable. But I, overall, I've actually very much enjoyed this pregnancy. I didn't get um, any morning sickness. I was a little bit, had some nausea, but I never threw up. Um, I I really felt so good in this pregnancy. I felt beautiful. I felt like a goddess. I felt gorgeous. I felt confident. I just, there was, it was just such a stark difference between this pregnancy and every other pregnancy. Now I have three boys, well four now, but while I was pregnant, I had no idea why I was carrying inside of me. And there was just kind of this curiosity of 
why is this pregnancy so different? And I think the natural, like, you know, naturally it's kind of like, oh, maybe this is a girl. Maybe I have a girl and I'm experiencing pregnancy in a totally different way because I'm growing a girl inside of me. So that's been a speculation, but there's this underlying speculation that is proven to be the truth. And I am just, I, I could, I could, I'm, my eyes are tearing up now as I share this, but I have been on such a tremendous, fast paced, beautiful, deep and intimate healing journey, especially in the past year, two years of my life. It has been, um, I mean, fast and hard and I'm talking deep rooted healing on so many levels and I attribute enjoying this pregnancy to that because for the first time I am going to cry for the first time in my life I truly love myself and I know I talk about this a lot if you follow me on Instagram <laughs> you probably are like what girl you're like this is new this is all new this like this like figuring out how to love myself and giving myself the love that I've always wanted and felt like I could never receive from anybody, like literally anybody in my life. No one was loving me to the degree that I wanted and needed to be loved. And no one taught me that it was me who had to love myself in that way. And I discovered it. I started healing all of these different things in my life, healing on my end, doing what I could to be at peace with my past and at peace with the people I know and um, forgive myself and do the shadow work and get to know myself lovingly, not with judgment, but with compassion and being honest with myself about who I am and my shortcomings and um, my strengths, my weaknesses, all of this. And I've been heavily entrenched in this work. Um, and I've truly fallen in love with myself and I don't care how that sounds to some, it's probably very triggering because it probably sounds very arrogant and conceited, but I, I wish the world was full of humans that were deeply in love with themselves because the world would be such a different place. Um, and yeah, it's amazing how different of an experience life is when you have that love for self and it can't be swayed by others. No one else can fuck that up. Maybe they can influence it. You experience anger, you experience grief, you experience all those things overall, of course, but they are fleeting because overall, when you love yourself so deeply, those things, they don't, they don't shake you. You're, you're, you're grounded in the love you carry for you, um, no matter what gets thrown at you. And this pregnancy proved to me now that I'm, now that it's, you know, we, it is a boy. It wasn't that, oh, you know, just a girl, you know, it's a different experience when you're carrying a girl inside of you, you're growing a girl inside of you. It's like, nope, it was another boy. And I simply experienced a completely different pregnancy because of how much work I've done on myself. And that moves me in ways that, that I just can't really put into words. I am, my heart just feels something intense and it, it it's a reminder to be grateful for everything even the hard lessons um even my hardships even my pains and struggles everything's brought me here to this point um where i've got this beautiful thriving vibrant healthy baby in my arms i am like thriving and vibrant and healthy um so let's move on to the birth story uh, two days. I was in labor for 46 hours, y'all. 46 hours. What the hell? And there's a really funny reason why labor ended up being that long. At least this is my theory. So obviously I don't know for certain, but I have a theory. Um, so two days before Echo was born, at 2 a.m., I was deep in asleep and <laughs> all of a sudden I'm pulled out of my slumber 
because of the, like, it was the craziest, just full on pop I felt in my body. It was unbelievable. Just my body just went, I don't know how else to put it. Just like this pop that happened in my body. And it pulled me out of my sleep and I was laying on my side there, snuggled next to my boys. And I was just like, huh, that, you know, naturally I'm like, that seems like that would be my water breaking. Right. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, waking up, kind of thinking about it. And then I adjust my body a little bit. And sure enough, there's like, I can feel fluid going down my legs. And I'm like, oh, yep. All right. So I go to the bathroom and sure enough, there's just fluid, fluid, fluid. Um, and that was the start. And of course, at this point, I'm like so excited that even though I'm not having any contractions or like intense sensations or anything yet, I'm just so excited. And I'm like, okay, I went and let Brett know. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to go just rest, 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 rest. But I can't fall asleep. I'm too excited. I'm ready to get this baby out of me. I'm ready to be on the other side. So we arrange in the morning um, for my mom to take the boys and yeah, prepare to just go on to full labor and birth that baby that night. And it was a really beautiful day. Um, contractions started coming on, nothing super intense, but having them um, all throughout the day and just kind of leaning into it doing beautiful things around the house, um, you know, just all of like the sweet ceremonial things that women like to do during their labor, lighting candles, listening to music, um, smudging, um, staying hydrated, making sure you're eating, you know, a decent amount so you have energy and mostly just like really trying to rest. So, Later that night, I definitely can feel contractions intensifying and I can, I like kind of just reach in and I can feel the baby's head. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're getting close. We're obviously getting close. Um, And I remember I was in bed and the way, what I did was I put I just brought a tarp into the house. I had been saving up all these old linens that would have gotten thrown out otherwise. Um, And the whole time I just kept rotating out linens and everything on top of the tarp so I wouldn't um, stain or damage any of like my nice bedding. So I was on top of this tarp. I had like this chair against the wall. And I remember I just like had music playing really ready, like mentally tuned in and ready. Like I'm ready to have this baby. Um, and I have music playing and I like keep leaning up in these positions where I'm like, my hands are on the chair and I'm kind of in like a squat or like standing, but kind of hunched over a little bit thinking that it's going to be, you know, an ideal position. I'm pretty sure I birthed both of my last two babies in similar positions and I could I've I like could not get over how much pain I was having in my butt oh I gotta take a pause I just heard a baby so I could not understand why I was having so much pain in my butt like it made no sense to me it was quite literally unbearable like I I, it was like I I was so confused I remember just being like this is so weird I don't I would remember I mean I remember of course of course we feel something in our butt when we're birthing but this was like whoa I am like this hurts so much and this would be happening when I'm having a contraction and it was a contraction that felt like pushing like there was like pushing. I mean, I was truly in a state of like, God, it feels like this baby wants to come out, but I'm resisting. I'm like unable to participate in this baby coming out because I'm so like 
stifled by how much pain I'm feeling in my butt. And, and, you know, in birth, you really have to surrender to the sensations. And especially when there's that push, you, it's like, you got to participate in the push. You can't resist, but this was forcing me to resist. And I was just having these insane, huge, intense contractions that felt like there was supposed something was supposed to be happening but then this resistance and pain and slowly everything just kind of fizzles out and labor really slows down and i was so confused and i ended up just resting for most of the night continuing to have some contractions here and there nothing that intense and not once did I feel fearful um, that I think that there was anything wrong. It was more just like, all right, maybe, you know, I think what comes to my head first from past experiences is, okay, maybe I just need a little bit more rest before this baby fully comes out. Um, At that point, I had been messaging back and forth with friends (laughs) and, um, you know, everyone's like, well, if you're sitting here texting, then it's just not time yet, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I just basically slept as much as I could, rested as much as I could through the night, continuing to get um, contractions, but they really just lessened and lessened um, through the next morning. So the next morning, I'm feeling pretty frustrated, and um, I remember... I was texting back and forth with the beautiful, amazing, wonderful Emily Saldea. And she's just checking in with me. And I let her know, I was like, I'm frustrated. I don't know why things have slowed down so much. I mean, I know I'm still very, like my body's still creating plenty of fluids. There's still constant fluids coming out um, slowly, but you know, no feeling of like drying. Um, I can feel the baby moving around. So I know baby's perfectly healthy. I feel perfectly healthy. There's nothing, nothing to tell me that I should be worried about anything going on. Um, but just like what's slowed down. So at some point late morning, I go to poop and it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm like kind of constipated. And so I go and I like do a couple of things, take a nice big spoonful of salt and, you know, taking more fluids in just a few things to kind of see if I can work through this constipation. And over the next, you know, hours, I'm constantly, I mean, it was probably like half a day of just going back to the toilet and being like, I have to poop. And all of a sudden... I mean, actually, let me, let me, I think it took way later for me to realize, but at some point I had this realization and I was like, this is why I was unable to birth my baby last night. This is why I was having so much unbelievable pain every time I would push. There's, I'm, I'm clearly, I've been constipated. I was constipated last night not there was like you know it's like it's a very small area (laughs) for a baby to push out and it just right doesn't it make so much sense if a baby is trying to push out of this area where you're also like right next door is you know poop stuff and I, I I I'm just gonna be a kid about it and call it poop stuff okay um And if you have not cleared out everything, it makes so much sense that it would be fucking painful. It would be so painful. And it was like, especially constipation. So I spent half of that day just constantly going to the bathroom to clear everything out. And (laughs) it's funny because I'm like, oh my God, this baby probably would have been born the day before had this not been (laughs) the case. And it was something that I totally overlooked. I really didn't think about. I've had such great 
bowel movements my entire pregnancy, no constipation, no issues. I didn't even think twice about it and it's never been an issue in the past. It was just something that like was not occurring to me and especially given those, like I said, it hurting in my butt when I was trying to push the night before. Um, it's, it's just like, it's really freaking interesting. Um, so spent most of the day, uh, really just constantly going to the toilet. I love Emily Saldea gave me the exact advice I needed. Holy moly. She, I was just like, I'm frustrated. Things are just so slow right now. I know everything's okay, but I'm really ready for this to like happen. And she was like, time to switch up the vibe. You got to switch up the energy, girl. You got to just like change the music, change rooms you're in, do something different, you know, drink something or, you know, have a smoothie. Like you really got to just straight up change the vibe um, and have a reset. And I did exactly that. And it was just beautiful. I like, I think twice during this two day period, I took, I like got in the bath and just let myself relax in the bath. That felt really good to be in the water. Um, at one point during that second day, Brett and I were just like sitting there playing like a matching memory game, which seems so silly that halfway through labor, I'm like playing a game. Um, a few times I just like laid on the couch and would just drift in and out of sleep as I'm like working through the contractions, um, changing the music, like so many things. Um, so <laughs> fast forward to, I mean, the day was pretty much that I'm like fast forward to like evening time. I remember I just start putting on music to dance. I'm moving. I'm feeling contractions coming on more regularly um, I'm feeling really empowered after, you know, a day and a half of just like, let's do this. Come on. And also feeling empowered during that time. I'm finally just like, all right. So I'm dancing. I've like just really got good vibes going, feeling like the contractions are coming on again. Um, and I set up my tarp with all the linens and everything, over in front of this big mirror that I have in the bedroom. And I keep getting these contractions. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm thinking that I'm okay. Time reference. I'm thinking maybe it was like maybe around nine or 10 that things are starting to really feel pretty intense. Um, and yeah, I just like, really curious because I can feel the baby's head right there. So I'm like in front of this mirror because I want to look, I want to see everything going on. I like want to see what's happening with my yoni, with my body. So I'm just like naked in front of the mirror, going through these contractions, trying to find good positions. That felt really challenging, but was what was undeniable is that at this point I'm having contractions and I am not feeling that pain in my butt right? So no pain in my butt. It's clear that that was an issue the night before, no longer an issue. Um, also at like some point during the second day, like <laughs> my mom pulled up and Brett and I were just like sitting sunbathing naked out in the yard. And it's just kind of funny, like to be in labor <laughs> and refer back to like, oh, I was like playing a memory game and sitting out in the sun sunbathing. <laughs> That happens when you have an insanely long labor. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the last few hours. I'm just like in front of the mirror, rolling in and out of like life and, you know, the trippiness and really just feeling through it and everything. Um, I also want to share that something that I felt called to do leading up to my birth was getting a drum like a ceremonial drum and I ended up buying a drum kit and having this really beautiful ceremony alone uh maybe like a week and a half maybe two weeks before the baby actually came um Brett took no it's probably just like a week Brett took the boys to the mountains for a few days and I had just like this really beautiful ceremony alone um building this drum 
this like huge, amazing, gorgeous drum. And I knew I wanted to have it during birth. Um, so I was really grateful. Brett just kept playing the drum throughout labor. There were times where I'd have to be like, okay, stop. Um, but it was really beautiful. I'm really glad I made that conscious choice to bring the medicine of a drum um, into the birth portal. Yeah, it was really beautiful. So Brett was like playing the drum, you know, where I'm just like really trying to tap into like my wild woman roaring and making all the sounds. And actually like, it's so interesting. I, I, I It's really labor, birth, going through that is just such an interesting experience. Um, the moments that you feel called to make strong, powerful sounds contrasted with their moments where you're like going through a really intense contraction and actually it feels better to like be completely silent and it's really interesting I think it's just like you just gotta really like I said surrender it's all about the surrender so I asked Brett to I'm like trying to find the right position standing up and um um squatting and all these positions are not doing it for me and like I said I really wanted to observe my yoni because I could see I could like see the baby's head so I was like I need to see what's happening so I'm in front of this mirror and um I asked Brett to just like be behind me so I can grab a hold of him and just have like him prop me up a little bit and we sat in this position for a few hours as I was like rolling through the contractions. And then um, we ended up switching over so he could have something behind him so I could lean harder against him and grabbing a different mirror. Cause I, at that point I was like, I really wanna see this happen. I don't know why I became so like, just like I need to see this happen. So we had a smaller mirror, but still a mirror right in front. And I just like, I f- like, for some reason things slowed down again and it made no sense to me and I looked over at Brett I'm like I'm fucking tired and he's like I'm so tired I'm like does it feel like things are slowing down again because for a while we're like all right just seven minutes apart all right just like five minutes apart we're getting there but then it felt like everything really slowed down and I asked Brad, I was like, does it feel like things slow down to you again? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, God damn it. What the fuck? I was like, I'm so tired. And he's like, me too. I was like, okay, should we just go like try to rest and try to see if we can sleep a little bit? He's like, yeah, if that's what you want to do. I was like, okay. So we went lay down. It felt to me because I was truly like falling asleep or just like tripping out one or the other but I was totally gone. And then I would feel the sensation of a contraction coming back, get pulled back in. And I remember I laid down and I was laying on my side. And the first contraction that came on was so like not intense that I I was like, okay, if this is what the contractions are like, I'm probably just going to be able to sleep for a few hours and then come back to it. Um, So I was like, all right, letting myself drift off. And then another contraction came on and I was like, holy fuck. And I remember just like, I wanted to scream and cry. And, and like, I, I was like, I'm dying. And I could feel literally just laying there completely like on my side, nothing really engaged in my body. I could just truly feel, and I could visualize in my head, the baby like pushing forward like pushing outward and I was like wow that was like a really big intense one okay I don't know if I can like ride it out through that I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep through that so I just like but in my tiredness just kind of like okay let me just drift back off a little bit and like just try to get in a little bit more rest here I drift off and then here comes another contraction and once again it was like I, 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 like, I feel like I should try to draw a picture because the visual in my head of what I was feeling in my body was like, just like the freaking little mail tubes that they send through the bank when you like, you know, but it was just like, 
and it was like, man, this is trying to push. This baby is trying to push out. This baby is ready. And it was so unbearably painful to be laying there like that. And I grabbed Brett and I was just like, just like probably cutting through his skin, grabbing him. And I was like, no, we can't sleep. This baby's ready to come. This is not like, nope, nope, nope. We need to get up now. We need to go get like in position and ready. We need to like, this is happening now. So we go, we rush over. Um, or in that position where he's kind of cradled behind me and I'm using, I find this interesting cause I haven't done this before, but I was basically like using one leg of his to like prop myself up and then the other with my arm. So like I had my arm pushing down on his leg and then my other arm was kind of pushing against like a wall or the floor or something. And every time a contraction would come on, I'd lift my body up off the ground and I'd be using my arms to kind of hold myself up and that's when I'd be pushing. So we probably had three big contractions where I was like really feeling the urge to push, pushing. You could see, I mean, like I said, we're in front of the mirror. We had all of our like book lights kind of clipped around. So it had, it was like very nice, cozy amber lighting. Cause it's like the amber, amber book lights. Um, so really gentle lighting, but we're watching and you can see like the baby pushing, but then, you know, if it's like kind of goes back in a little bit. Um, and then finally the contraction comes through the contraction <laughs> and it's the one it's like that moment when you realize oh something's coming out now this isn't gonna like retract at all this is now happening and I see the head come out and the pain is just so like this sensation I don't want to even say pain the sensation is so unbelievably intense and immediately I'm like oh this baby's not gonna sit here and wait for another contraction this baby is a hundred percent expecting me to push all of him out in this one push so the head comes out and just like foomp, the whole entire baby just shoots out onto the ground right in front of me because my last two births, the head came out and then I'd be there for a minute and then the next contraction would come on and then the shoulders come out and then the baby kind of slides out. No, Echo was like, girl, you are pushing me out entirely in one push. I just like mind blown that that happened. And by the time he fell on the ground right in front of me I mean the fall was like not even an inch it was you know I was on the ground basically but sitting there watching this was the most beautiful part this was the coolest thing that unintentionally happened I wasn't even like this wasn't even a part of the plan it just unintentionally to sit there and watch in the mirror especially because I'm always talking about mirror work that's something that I'm doing a lot of these days so it's really um so powerful that I intuitively wanted to watch myself birth in front of the mirror, um, having been doing this practice lately where I'm just like bringing love and, um, anyway, I'm going to do a different podcast episode about mirror work, but, um, to birth my baby in front of the mirror, watching him come out of my body in the mirror was like such between that witnessing that like that, and then like I said, the, the fact that I just pushed him out all at once, the shock of it was just like, by the time he came out, I was like, what just happened? Oh my goodness. So of course I reached down to pick him up. First thing we do, of course, the first thing is like, boy or girl, find out it's a boy. And just like the biggest smile on my face, because I just have been intuitively for the longest time been saying I feel like I'm just destined to be a boy mom I could really see myself being a boy mom as much as I would love to have a girl there's just something in me that's been like I don't know I think I might end up just being a boy mom so go figure I see my boy there and I look at him um 
and it, you know, I pick him up and we all see like the videos or we hear the stories of, you know, there's all the things that need to be done to make sure the baby is okay. But I'll tell you what, I see that little baby and I pick him up in my arms and he's just like, just like there was, it was so clearly obvious that he was perfect. There was nothing. I didn't need to do anything. I mean, within 30 seconds, he had the sweetest little cry, just like, ah, you know, like something just like really sweet and gentle. And it was just perfect. It was like he was there and it was, there was no, there was nothing like there, there was not a single thing that would have made me think that there was anything that I had to do. It was just like, let me just pull this baby up to my body, close to my body and hold him and see if I can get him to latch onto a boob. Um, he had quite a bit of vernix on him, which is my first baby, at least from my memory that had so much vernix. It was like a lot. I think I'm pretty sure that's the word. Yes. And it was really beautiful because I'm holding him and I'm getting it all over my skin and oh my God, the ultimate skincare seriously is that just like magical, magical, like lubricant. It just made my skin feel softer than anything's ever made my skin feel. Um, of course we're not like I, he still has not been bathed. We have a ceremony in our family where baby's first bath is an ocean dip. So baby hasn't been bathed. Um, he's just been like, you know, and that's, that's a belief really in this world, the natural mamas out there, especially the ones doing the free, free births or home births and all that know that all that, all those like fluids coming out of mama, um, on the baby are all just like beautiful and meant to be there. And there's no need to rush to clean any of that. So yeah, I'm getting all the vernix all over my arms. I'm just, um, we're like trying to relocate. I'm like, all right, Brett, we got to pull the tarp over to the bed. Everything's all the linens on top of the tarp are just like obviously soaked, drenched in blood. Cause so much blood comes out right after the baby comes out. Um, so he just takes all that, grabs fresh linens, puts them down, puts everything on the bed. We go lay on the bed. I felt very frustrated with how short the cord felt. It felt like I could barely like pull the baby close to me. I mean, I, I, I could put, pull him to my chest, you know, but it was like really, I just felt like the, the cord was so short. Um, and I will say that with Kai, I immediately after birthing him continue having pretty intense contractions for a while. Um, and that was like, so frustrating because I remember just being like I'm like this is supposed to be over my baby's in my arms why am I still having pain um and I suppose it was contractions to get the placenta out but it was intense and with echo I did not have too many intense contractions after the baby came um yeah he was born we just migrated to the bed I just held him. He did all the little things that let you know that a baby is just perfectly healthy. I was convinced that his head was going to be like a funny shape considering how long his head just like sat there right like in like right in feeling distance, like ready to come out. I was like, man, I bet his head's going to be funny. His head did not even, you couldn't even tell at all. He just had like a little wrinkly patch of skin. Um... And yeah, it was just like laying there. Oh, so beautiful. He latched perfectly so quickly after he was born. It was like, you know, I could see the colostrum had come in and he was just like, just a total freaking champ. Like he knew what he was doing. It was so beautiful. Just absolute bliss. I knew, I knew that my baby was safe and healthy and I trusted that and I knew that I was safe and healthy. 
Um, a few hours later, I was just like so frustrated, really ready to get the placenta, bird the placenta. Um, I wish that I wasn't so frustrated, but man, you go through fucking two days of labor and you're like, I need, I need like everything out of me. So I like really got intentional. I kept, kept trying, but then at one point I was just like very intentionally, like I need to, I need to like actively birth this placenta. It's, it's not just going to like plop out. I really need to like make this happen. And I did. And for, I think the third time in a row, I had a ruptured placenta. I'd have to ask Brett to confirm that, but there's like pretty much always been like a ruptured placenta. Um, we decided to just immediately put it in a freezer bag and put it in the freezer and we plan on, um, consuming it slowly, kind of chopping up, chopping it up the same way we do with liver and just, um, yeah, consuming that slowly as a nice, uh, multivitamin. (laughs) I feel like anyone listening to this gets it. So I don't feel like I'm like shocked. I hope I'm not shocking anybody. And if I am, then good. Maybe you need to be shocked in that way. Eating the placenta is great. Um, so much good nutrition there, but I very happily burn the placenta. Uh, we burn the cord and it's just been like blissed out baby time since then. We did not weigh him. We did not measure him. We didn't do that with Kai either. I think we did it with Soul. Uh, for me, that's kind of part of the fun of the wild pregnancy is none of these numbers really do anything for me. Um, I it's, you know, for all the people that do all that, excellent. I I think that's great. That's fabulous. For me, not interesting or important. He felt tiny. He definitely felt like my smallest baby. Um, And yeah, so health-wise, I haven't noticed anything. I Of course, those first few days, I'm very mindful of like paying attention to whether or not he's looking jaundiced. As I said, there's been a history of John jaundice, um, two like hospital things with two babies from it. My first two both were hospitalized with the jaundice. Um, and just paying attention to that and being really conscious of constantly keeping baby on the boob. Like that's just, even no matter how tired I am, that's what I know is like the antidote to the jaundice is like constant feeding um and you know skin to skin and all of that so yeah it's just been like all the sweet little things since then um like I said no cleaning we don't do any kind of cleaning um just let him be in his natural body lots of skin to skin as much as possible um what else lots of love lots of hugs lots of snuggles um yeah I I, like I don't really know what else to share I mean it's from there like I I feel like I kind of get really intentional in those first few days Uh, like I said the trauma from the past births that ended up being hospitalized because of jaundice for me it's like very important to be very intentional those first few days of just like prevention which is you know the simplest thing by just like constant feeding and constant snuggling and um the umbilical cord just fell out two days ago thank god because his umbilical cord got really really stinky and it like that smell permeated the whole house um, like poor Steve, he loves Echo and always wants to hold him and snuggle him. But when the cord got really stinky, Steve was like, I don't think I can hold him again until the cord comes out. <laughs> um, older siblings, like I said, Steve seems really interested and excited about Echo. He's just like constantly going, mom, isn't he just the most precious thing in the world? And that's so fun to see. 
Um, baby Kai seems pretty excited as well. I can't call him Baby Kai anymore because he's just not the baby. And he doesn't even act like a baby. Um, Kai's really cute. He just goes, Mom, what's that? And he points at Echo. And I said, Baby Echo. And he goes, Baby Echo. Um, Soul is like very disinterested. And that doesn't surprise me at all. I probably could have guessed he would have been that way. He's also not like showing any like dislike for him, which is nice. It's basically just kind of like, eh, yeah, I see him. Okay. And if the baby starts crying, if I'm like in the other room and the baby wakes up and he starts crying, so will come over and be like, mom, baby woke up. And so I feel like, all right, that's like, that's, that's the, probably the extent for now of your love, <laughs> which is like beautiful. But yeah, I've been like in my bliss. I've okay, so I want to share that um breastfeeding has never been difficult or an issue for me. I did however for my first two pregnancies, I was very like I don't know why, but I thought you just have to pump. I don't know why. Obviously, it makes sense that you don't have to cuz pumps have not been around for that for nearly as long as humans have been around so obviously you don't have to but still kind of stuck in like the indoctrination of what we're told I thought you had to pump so I just like started pumping immediately with both sieve and soul and it was such a fucking ordeal because pumping makes you produce more so then you're taking then it's like there are times where the baby wants to eat but you're overproducing and the baby's choking because it's so much coming out oh this whole fucking thing and I don't know why I, I like oh well I forgive myself I don't know why I didn't realize sooner that I was like sabotaging myself and really creating um a more challenging breastfeeding experience than necessary I don't need to pump um, I barely ever used any of the milk from pumping. I actually, for my first two pregnancies, gave away pretty much all of the milk I pumped. And it was so much. Um, gave it to mamas that were not able to produce milk. That was nice to do, but I'm just like not interested in in how much time and effort and energy it requires. And it takes away from time just like holding my baby. So, um with Kai, I probably would have pumped, but Soul was still nursing when, or breastfeeding when Kai was born. And so I ended up just deciding to tandem nurse for, um, a while, probably like the first year. It was a long time. Soul was like really addicted to breastfeeding, which was nice because I didn't have to pump at all then but I just like didn't even you know once again I would have pumped had I not had soul also nursing because I just didn't know better um but it did I'm pretty sure that's also what led to me getting mastitis twice uh during that period of time because you know that's an older child drinking a lot of milk um and I was just like constantly constantly breastfeeding a newborn baby and like an older toddler. So I'm really happy that Kai weaned about a month and a half ago. And I went into this knowing I'm not going to pump at all. I'm just going to like let my breasts swell and, you know, just really be intuitive and do my best to prevent anything feeling, you know, hard or stuck or uncomfortable um, and trust my body to kind of, um, calibrate and figure out what it needs to be making and not be making too much. And it is going beautifully. I have not pumped. I have not like, I'm just so uninterested in doing that. And we're making more than enough milk or just enough milk really. Um, and that feels really nice. It feels, I feel like there's always a next level of like, you know, each birth, each labor carries with it, like each child carries with them a whole different experience. And there's so much to be learned always like like, And that's just life, right? Like you might have something figured out and continue and then 
there's something else new to be learned. Just the, it's the deepening never stops. Um, but yeah, so the story, I really love it because it, it deepened my love for Emily Saldea, Yolanda Clark, the two women that really are, you know, that cultivated the free birth society, the free birth movement, um, less in it. I, I think it seems that the point is less about free birth and it's more just, um, non-medicalized, like, well, I'm trying to think of exactly what the, like no intervention, just birth undisturbed. That's the word undisturbed birth. That's, that's the idea. So having someone there is great. Having whoever there you want is great. Um, a, a radical birth keeper like myself, having someone there is great. But the idea is no intervention, no dis, no disturbance, a mother and a baby really being able to connect with each other, become a team and make this happen safely, beautifully in those circumstances where mother and baby are safe and um, able to just trust in the birth process so often um, birth ends up being perfectly normal and beautiful and obviously this is something that i i really love i don't think free birth is necessarily better uh than having others there with you i just personally don't really feel like i need a lot um brett is a is really wonderful in that in that setting. Um, now that's three births that I've had him there with me and he's just incredible. I'm very grateful for how he shows up, um, when I'm in labor. So yeah, the idea is just let things to let things happen and trust that mama and baby know exactly what to do. And I feel like there's just kind of this like cosmic humor to how this labor unfolded, like a freaking 46 hour labor, you know, in so, in basically any scenario, aside from like being, um, attended by an RBK, anyone else would pretty much have been like, you probably need to go to the hospital. Right. I mean, most people, it's like, most people are freaking out at that point. Um, and it was really beautiful to just know and trust and have this like challenge of this insanely long labor and know and trust that all is well. Like there was not one moment where I thought, oh my God, is something wrong? Is something going to go wrong? It was just like, no, things are just, there's, there's just something here that maybe I'm not like totally in tune with, but it was fun when I did realize, oh, okay. I like was really constipated and the baby could not emerge when there's like all of this constipation in there, right? Which I'm sorry, I just think that's the funniest thing. It's not, it was not funny at the time, but in hindsight, it's really funny. Like, there you go, girl. You like walking into birth being like, I've done this twice before. I've got it. I know what I'm doing. And then for that to happen, to be like, oh my God, I had a fucking be in labor for an entire extra day because I wasn't able to think to myself, hey girl, make sure you're doing everything to like, make sure like your body's completely cleared out. So you're not, oh my God, I love that. And I love, I just love this, um, like I said, birthing in front of the mirror, witnessing it with my eyes and this completely different experience of like a baby. Like I, it was almost like he's, it was like he spoke to me in that moment that I was pushing his head out where, where it's like, oh, you're not, you're, this is not going to be like, you are pushing me out entirely at once. And I like, I swear in that moment, I was like, I I'm, I'm dying. I'm dead. This is death. This is death right here. I'm, I'm splitting apart and dying. So watch me die. Watch yourself die in the mirror, Vivian. Um, at the thought of like, as soon as I had that intuition, that knowing of like, oh, this baby's going to come out in one push. He's going to make me come out, push him out in one push. Um, that's so beautiful. It's so different and it's so beautiful. And it was like, 
so unbelievably like painful and challenging. Um, but I do have to say like, so healing. I love that, that birth can do that. Can like, you can feel confident and you can feel like, you know what you're doing, but you know, sometimes it's like, you don't know, but if you can at least trust, then everything's going to be okay. And, and I don't know, there's just something so magical, so powerful. And my love for this, this, this whole thing of undisturbed birth, it, I don't know. I just, it deepened my love for it, my passion for sharing this with the world and just my desire for women to do the work and, and empower themselves. No one else can do this for you. This is a relationship with yourself. The ability to, to, to go through this whole, go through a pregnancy, go through labor, have a baby, all this stuff, and do it outside of any kind of authority who's like telling you what's happening. Like that's, that's only you can do that work. Only you can do that for yourself. Nobody else can do that work for you. And, and that's really empowering. And that's for so many women. If you listen to the stories, if you're not listening to the free verse society podcast, you must, but if you listen to the stories, this, this is an experience. It is the rite of passage. It is what changes women on so many levels. And I mean, I just didn't realize that I could have be on my third free birth and be changed and moved on such a deep level, having been through it before. But it was completely humbling. I was, I was so humbled. And because, um, you know, I did kind of go into it being like, oh, I got this. And I did. I did have it. But I wasn't prepared for the challenges that I did end up experiencing. And that the universe was like, you can handle exactly what's going to happen. Just stay in trust. Just believe in yourself. Believe in this baby. Just stay in a place of trust. And I was 100%, even though, of course, there's like all this outside noise. Like I said, thank God for Brett being able to show up the way he does with that same trust because people will project their fear. For me, it's really important. I think that's part of why I don't like anyone else in the space, um, in my birthing space, despite everyone's good intentions. Like there has to be a very, very strong, like I have to know 100% that you get it or I don't want you around because I don't want, like I, this is how I see it. When you are in your confidence, when you are in your trust, you you probably will be fine deflecting the fear that's being projected onto you, but it's unnecessary energy to have in your space. So I know that if I had invited my mom to come and be with me during this labor, that I would have been fine. Whatever she said, or did would not have that would have been fear-based would not have penetrated my you know my bubble of trust um however i don't want that energy in my space i don't even want to have to like deflect like that's taking energy away from me it, you know that's just one of the few times in life where it's really really important <laughs> i mean it's always important but extra important to like set that boundary is during birth for a woman, especially if she's trying to birth like this. So for me, it's like a very clear, if I don't know that you are a hundred percent in a place of like deep understanding about birthing like this, I don't want you in my space. Um, so for me, it's pretty easy to just kind of, I don't, I don't really crave a lot of, I don't like being observed as it is. Um, I don't like an audience. Most of the labor I did it alone um, for in those two days. Most of the time I was alone. I asked Brett to please just let me be alone and go through it because I don't like um, to be watched. And it was really at the very end where I felt um, 
like I wanted him there witnessing with me, but he's great to just constantly check in and see what I need. If I, you know, I'm like, Hey, I really want to get in some water. Can you draw a nice bath with me and our bath for me and put in, you know, all the stuff or I need this to drink or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's such a reflection. This, this experience was such a reflection for me of life. Like life is a constant series of being broken and, and then just kind of like figuring that out. I, you know, it's like you're just new lessons, new being humbled, being like thrown on your face, flat on your face again, and then picking yourself back up. Um, and the, to see that just like beautifully reflected because it would be less interesting if I just went into this birth and it went exactly as I predicted and there you go and that's it. I And I'm all about things being interesting and I'm just so fascinated with how things unfolded, the simplicity of it, the, you know, the universe being like, girl, can you trust? And me being like, I fucking trust is so beautiful. Like I, I needed that because it's like, deepening my relationship with myself, um, creating this really magical, special connection between me and Echo, um, being in trust with each other, because that's really what was happening. We were communicating in this whole different way. Um, And I have to just really shout out to all of my sisters, the women in my life that held me, that were there for me, um, Emily Saldea, I just, I just, I just, I don't even have words for everything that she's created. And um, the Freeware Society is just like one of the most beautiful things. <laughs> I'm so grateful for that community and what she's like helped women uh, unearth within themselves is so powerful. And to have her there on my side, like helping me through my own labor was just the most beautiful thing. So, um, and then my other sisters, Caitlin, I don't know what I do without you girls. She like really, she was there for me and she also, you know, it's like, you got to know your people. You got to know your audience, have the right people close by who are not going to project fear, but are going to remind you of how much you are a badass, magical, empowered, amazing goddess of a woman. And we are all capable of this. It's just a matter of like tapping in, um, and doing the work and doing that deep healing. And I'm so grateful. I feel, I just feel like everything's beautiful and 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 aligned and I will say I still have difficult things I'm going through in my life right now but my heart feels so full of gratitude and I'm so proud of myself and it's interesting to see other people's reactions it's I've spoken to quite a few women that have birthed this way and it does feel somewhat disappointing to get, um, you know, people just get funny about it. I think everyone has their reasons. They're all just projecting their own stuff and that's okay. Um, but what's beautiful is to like be where I'm at, where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks, whether you like it, you don't like it. You think I'm amazing. You think I'm irresponsible. I just don't care. I'm so happy. I feel better than I've ever felt. And my little baby is healthier than I could possibly ask and that's all that matters and I have this beautiful nourishing story that I get to carry with me and share with all of you who are listening um birth is such a beautiful experience motherhood is just insane it's it's just so magical I just I love motherhood it kicks my ass all the time I am far from perfect I'm fucking up all the time but I know that I'm constantly showing up ready to do better. And I just, I'm so full of love. Like this, this life of like raising children and 
healing myself and doing the work and bettering myself and watching my children um, have a better life because of how much better I'm taking care of myself is like quite truly the most beautiful thing because right when we heal ourselves, when we heal our own traumas, our own pain, our own suffering, we are also healing the lineage. So we are healing our ancestors and we are healing our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And that is very empowering to know that you, yourself, without anyone else, because no one else can do the work for you. You can only do this work for yourself, but you can do it. Anyone can do it. And if you do this work and you heal the deep, dark parts of you that just want love and healing and forgiveness and compassion, and if you can heal these things, then you are, it will show up in your children's life. It will show up and they will be healed and their lives will be better for it. And your ancestors will also feel that healing. I'm telling you, it is really powerful. It is so powerful. It is so nourishing. Still, if you haven't listened to an episode I did last December, I think, um, I quit drinking alcohol. It had nothing to do with pregnancy. I didn't even know I was pregnant, but I decided to quit drinking alcohol. I'm not even like an alcoholic. I don't have an addiction issue, but there is a lot of alcoholism in my lineage. And I just had this really beautiful moment. I, so I made a podcast episode about it. I had this beautiful moment where I, something in me asked me, should I quit drinking booze for good? And it was like, never in my life have I had such a strong full body yes. Like literally things were speaking to me on so many levels. It was like everything was screaming at me. Yes, do this, quit, do this. And I did it and I stand by it being one of the best decisions I've ever made for myself. Like I said, not an addiction issue, but I knew that I was healing something very, very big for my ancestors and for my children and my grandchildren. I'm breaking the cycle. I'm breaking it. And that's so powerful. That's, that's the kind of work we can do that ultimately does change the world. We change ourselves and then we change the people close, close to us like our children. And then we can change the world like that. So... I hope you enjoyed my birth story. I'm so excited to have shared it. Um, please reach out if you have any questions or anything. But thank you for listening and sharing in this beautiful joy. I love you all very much. Thank you.